Uh, you are listening to Mediation Station, and this is your host, Greg Fenton. Our topic for discussion tonight is called Discussing About Conflict, Mediation, and More. I don't have a particular guest. I have somebody, somebody who hangs around, comes in, and she's going to have a conversation with me, and I'm going to present about some articles that I've uh, saved up and I'm looking to share with the public, and I'm also looking to have some comment on what do you think about that? I'm always good for a comment, Greg. You know that. Yes. What's your name, by the way? Um, you know me as Elfie, the yeah. radio elf. And, and how does the public at large know you? Uh, mostly Joni. I've been called other things. Yeah. But you know, this is a family <laughs> show. Yeah. Right. We got to watch, you know. Yeah. We're lessons under the CRTC. Joni's good. Yeah. Joni, Elfie, whichever. The gender agenda. The female mediator gaining momentum. And it's an article uh, from March 8th, 2013. And, uh, you know, each year around the world, International Women's Day is celebrated on March 8th. According to the United Nations, it's a time to reflect on progress made, to call for change, and to celebrate acts of courage and determination by ordinary women who have played an extraordinary role in the history of their countries and communities. So here's an article within that. The Gender Agenda, as I mentioned, The Female Mediator Gaining Momentum by Eileen Carroll. So, some of the points, because I don't want to read the whole thing. The Gender Agenda are male mediators from Mars and female mediators from Venus. So, before I give her content, what do you think? Um, I think in some ways they are. They, they, the we always conform to some gender stereotypes in every aspect of our lives. Otherwise, they wouldn't be stereotypes. What is, though, the context of Mars and Venus for the benefit it, of the listener? Isn't that John Gray's book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and this idea that uh, men and women differ in the way they view the world? It's like they're from two different planets. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I guess men, Mars is kind of a male energy kind of oriented planet, and Venus is that female love, love, love energy, and uh, and so it, it it's the premise is that we are coming from two different, completely different places. Okay, so this is a comment from there. Different though the sexes are, they intermix in every human being a vacillation, a vacillation, sorry, from one sex to the other takes place, and often it, it is only the clothes that keep the male or female likeness, while underneath the sex is the very opposite of what it is above. That's a quote from Virginia Woolf, by the way. So if you uh, Google gender and communication, you'll find that there is a group of researchers who focus on neurobiology. And the research shows... Psychological profiles are based on average scores when testing groups. So, empathizer, female. Girls at a very young age are able to infer what people might be thinking or intending. Male, synthesizer, systemizer. Got a lot of words in my mouth here. Systemizer, boys from a young age demonstrate competitive behavior. Boys are more direct in their approach. Back to girls. Girls also score higher than boys in recognizing when someone has said something inappropriate. 
So in contrast, boys establish a status hierarchy to compete. Boys exert control and maintain the upper hand. Back to females. They're better at decoding nonverbal communication and picking up subtle nuances in tone of voice or facial expression. Is that something you were mentioning just a little while ago? I think so. Yeah. Was it? I think so. You said you would pick up on the... Because I said we're not visual here to the uh, listener. Right, so and inflections. And you would pick up, you would pick up on my tone and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. things like that. And then studies demonstrate human figures and mechanical objects, one field of vision. Males identify more mechanical objects. Females identify more human figures. And then the next one. Women communicated as a way to establish and maintain relationships are responsive, supportive, value equality, and work towards sustaining communication. Men are less responsive and their talk is less abstract and personal. They disclose less personal information. Men, on average, are better at special awareness, map reading, finding particular features, and are solution-oriented. Interesting. So, ponder that, because we're going to go to a break. I already have thoughts, though. Keep them in... In I fact, can lose them. No, I, you know what? Utilize it and maximize it so when we come back, you'll have even more thoughts. Oh, I don't know if I can handle all these thoughts. You, you can, you can. We're discussing conflict, mediation, and more. And uh, the person opposite me, Alfie Joni, you got some thoughts? You have more thoughts? Talking about, uh, we were talking about the diff. Um, gender role differences yeah. and and men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I was remembering back way, way, way back to my uh, undergrad days and I took a course in, in sex differences. And uh, what, what I remember is that there's a lot of rigorous research that shows that there really are differences between men and women in the in the way we think and the way we perceive. Um, that list that you were reading, what struck me was the more spatial, visual spatial abilities mm-hmm. and things. There are big differences. Um, I know I have zero spatial ability. The the right side of my car will attest to that. <laughs> I'm always smashing it in. You, you got you need it to be uh, extra reinforced then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a suggestion. But many many more men have good spatial ability than women. So um, there are very. It's very clear that there are differences, but where the debate comes in is whether these come from nature or nurture, or both. So there are those who think it's all biological, and there are strong arguments to be made there, and then there are those think who think it's the way we're socialized, and there are strong arguments to be made there. Personally, I think it's a, definitely a mixture of the two. But there are differences there, and... I think they originate in biological terms. And well, what, what does gender have to do with it? Can't a man have the qualities that, quote, are defined or, or uh, supposed to be identified as from a female and uh, the other way too? I think we all have a mixture of both, and it's a matter of, you know, um, how much of each a person has. 
So here's uh, something interesting. It's a quote. If someone believes they are limited by their gender, they will become more limited. So the person who quoted that, interesting person, Carly Fiorina. You know where she comes from? Oh, she yeah. was just recently in the uh, the process for the nomination for the uh, Republican Party. I think that's the first reasonable thing I've heard of her saying. And this this is from 2011 or so. So if you read Forbes magazine in April 2012, you may have noticed the interestingly titled piece, Every Mother is a Mediator. The author's proposition is that mothers may, in fact, be the original mediators the old gangsters of dispute resolution. In fact, I, I know that article because I used that on the May 2012 Mother's Day radio show. Wow. And I had my mother on. Wow. Yeah. Interesting connection. Yeah. What do you call that? Fate or something? Synchronicity? Yeah. Fate is good if yeah. you don't want to use too many or we syllables. Use, or we use the words it's meant to be. There's a yeah. connection. So the roles of uh, females, the coach, have to nurture members of the family, manage expectations, handle disappointment, encourage from the sidelines, nudge male and female mem- members to the family uh, of the family forward, manage egos, have patience and persuasiveness, energy. Well, it kind of goes back to, you know, kids at home and mom, he hit me and he hit me first and... And mom is always kind of the the referee or the I guess the mediator, but dad in the in the traditional stereotyped roles is like oh you know wait till your father gets home and I tell him like the kids don't tend to go to dad for those kind of functions in the traditional sense. I don't know. I think things have changed though. What do you think, Greg? Yeah. That's can I just say yeah? Which I just did say. Which yeah. you did, so yeah. I guess you can. <laughs> Are you gonna leave it there and not challenge me back? Uh I'm, I could you expand on that? See I'm I'm I wanna encourage you to get into these skills. To sets, practice my mediator your mediator skills. skills for probing and clarifying. So Greg, could you tell me a little bit more of the to go along with the yeah? Uh, I believe that uh, I don't like to box anybody in. Everybody's an individual. Don't put them as, that's a male, that's a female. Of course, we're aware that this is a male and a female. And maybe, from my view, I look at it different from the person who is on the other side of the conversation. Maybe they will take whatever is being said in the conversation different from what I will. I have to appreciate that. They're not going to always see it through my lens, and many times people don't, and that's why sometimes we end up having conflict where someone takes the same piece of information and through their own lens and state of being and life experiences, they process it and make different meaning from it, contrary to what, or in contrast, I'll say better, to what I think or believe. True. And I think things change, too. And and people, there's a movement afoot to kind of um, destroy this kind of binary system where it's like male roles and female roles and to make things more androgynous and open up the possibilities for both. And I know my own, my daughter, she wants to crush the patriarchy and, and destroy the gender binary. 
So. <laughs> yeah, so I better watch out. Yeah. Well, I'm not a promoter of that. Yeah, no, I anyways. think you're. I think you're more in step with her than than with the traditional thought. I think it extends beyond just gender. It's how we lump in everybody. Yeah. Who we see as being different from us. We identify them particular ways, and we classify them, and we compartmentalize them. Yeah. And we attribute uh, thing, motives to them that we don't have any idea if they have anything to do with what they're thinking. Yeah, and we put them in certain boxes, and yeah. the expectations come from that. And then, you know, whether the reality happens or not, it happens. Yeah, I'm guilty of that, too. I'll say, oh. That's just I'm getting a man. caller. I know. And, and Are you going to answer that? It's hard to answer it because I know. I'm talking Didn't to you. Didn't we tell them not to call until the break? Yeah, but you know, sometimes people, they don't hear the same thing. The message, right? It must be a man. They never listen. A man. What an assumption maker. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What? Maybe I'll put, uh, I'll go to it and we'll, we'll work. let's see if I can figure this out. All right. Let me go to some music. All righty. All right. Welcome back. Oh, what a blast from the past in my ear. <laughs> wow, and, and Joni's thinking... Hi, What's that? Joni's thinking on the other side. She heard a female voice, but it didn't come out of her, her, her body. Yeah. <laughs> well, I Maybe was assuming it was a man, because men don't listen. That's right, and they're very bossy. Yeah, but you know what, though? You know? Irene here. I know who this caller is. Yeah. Irene. Yeah. She's talking about you. You didn't listen. I do. I did. Yeah, well. I will. She made an assumption. Joni, so you're new on the show? She's a hanger around. I've been hanging around uninvited um, for months now. Wow. Have I met you? No. Oh. (laughs) Not yet. Okay. I'm maybe, sure I will. maybe she's lucky. I might just shadow Greg one day. That would be great. Actually, to put irony to, into perspective again, I mentioned about that article, Mothers as Mediators. I heard you. Oh, a- I- and remember, you were on, Irene, you were on with my mother? Yes. On that May twelve, 2012 yeah. Yeah. show. Mind blown. Yeah. So this is, Irene was on together. Irene's a friend and, and in the building. Yes. So she, <laughs> she calls it. I, stalk, I just finished I talking about Greg now, What is this? I stalk him. Who doesn't? Is he getting red in the face? Uh, I hope so. Not yet. <laughs> uh, so, Irene, you've heard some comments as we deflect here. Yes, I did. Men are from our... Yeah, well, you know what? I read the book, but I have to reread it to be able to keep up with any conversation tonight. But there is a difference, for sure. And you're... you're um, I wonder if it's genetics. And w- what's the difference, if you can be concise with that? Well, uh, what? Yeah. Well, there's many. Well, how about just sharing one Hair or two? Hair on your face? <laughs> Beard? Mm, well, <laughs> so what? I think that's enough, Greg. I'm not going any further. Well, let's talk about state of mind, though. State of mind. Yeah. There's a, is there a difference in state of mind? Maybe. Maybe. I think, yes. I think, uh, I think girls tend to fall in love before men. Men are able to control everything. They're controllers. Control freaks, I think. Am I right? Joni, any contribution there? Huh? Um, I think men like to think they're in control. Um, <laughs> That's very well done. And isn't, it, isn't there the old saying that the man is the head of the family and of the woman course. is the neck? 
Yes. And the neck turns the head. Yes, that's right. And the whole, um, the skill and the finesse is to let the man think that he's the one making the decisions and in charge, when in fact it's... It's really us. It's really us. Yes. Yes. Well said, Johnny. Thank you. What are you, uh, building conspiracy (laughs) thing here? Yeah. I think you're a good match. Yeah. We're bonding. Oh, you, you, you and Irene. Yeah, we're that's what, she's, she's not talking about he's me. He's getting scared now. She's talking <laughs> See, he's getting scared and he's getting red as hell. Don't worry, I have control over Wishful. the controls. Wishbone knows everything. Yeah. That's right, Mom. Yeah, you have control, Greg. Yeah, I do. Just the reality. You're the head of the, of of the, the radio of show. Radio sh- let, yeah. him, let him believe it, please. You want to see my magic? Well, he is. He's actually, I must say, he's the best volunteer I've known. All right. He shows up, no matter even if we really want them to show up, you know. He's dedicated. He is. He is. Yeah. All joke aside, he is. Is he on the? He promoted himself too to the boards, did he? Yes, uh, just by the nature of wanting to have the radio show every week. Yeah, I know. Just a necessity. (laughs) Yes. Well, I heard it's going to rain money from heaven, so. One day it'll all come back. Just grow a money tree. Yes. So I, I don't want to cut you off, no, but I gotta I'm go going. to uh, I gotta going. go to a break. That's I'm why. Going. <laughs> I'm going. I'm gone. I said I'd call. So. Thank you for calling in and You're contributing. Very welcome. All right. So. You're from Mars. I am. Okay. Have a Mars bar. All right. Have okay. a good night. You Bye. Too. Bye. Bye, Joni. We're uh, talking, discussing conflict, mediation, and more. And. Uh, Joining me in the conversation is uh, Joni Elfie. So I have another different article. It's from HuffPost Divorce. Five insane but true facts about high-conflict divorce. Have you always been curious about this? Uh, I haven't needed to be curious about it. Uh, No, actually. (laughs) Well, let's share a little bit. One, high-conflict divorce is expensive. The cost of litigating divorce has always been high, even with cheaper alternatives, such as mediation and collaborative law on the rise. Still litigating a high-conflict divorce is expensive. Number two, high-conflict divorce is more susceptible to violence. It's sad but true. Family courts pit couples against each other, especially in high-conflict divorce cases. There have even been documented casualties. Earlier this year, and this was when... 2016, yeah, March 5th, 2016. Early this year in Delaware, mother of three, as well as her friend, were shot and killed inside the courthouse as they were arriving at a, for a child support hearing. Hmm? Well, it, it brings up a good question that was just kind of whispered in my ear. Um, well, well, really? Yeah. Yeah. How, who whispered that in your ear? Like yourself, your mind, or um, you're not disclosing that? No, we no. Well, we actually have a <laughs> audience. Uh, there's a person who's been sitting in the what do we call this? The radio show audience. Right? Yeah, he's our audience. Yeah. And uh, can you introduce yourself, sir? Uh, hi, Greg. It's Roderick here, and I uh, just had the pleasure of listening today. Yeah. Just some good conversation. So you drove all the way in just to uh, get on air? You could have called. I could have called, but uh, I heard they're very stern with uh, allowing certain callers at certain times. Yeah, yeah. 
So I thought it'd be better if I just pop in. Right. Through the snow. Yeah, dedicated, committed. Those are good qualities that I admire. Yes, and you embody as well. Well, and I I believe they're not just prone to males. Females can have them too. Absolutely. Just alluding back to the gender thing. So did you want to say something that... uh, well, he had a good question that I think is really very pertinent. And what would that be? Um, just through the conversation earlier with the previous article, I was just wondering, do you think that men and women experience conflict differently? Between genders and also um, with different genders. As my stated foundational understanding and intention, no. Okay. I look at life through a lens of individuality. So every person, regardless of what their physicality is or their, whether that's the color of their skin, country of origin, their gender, every person is an individual. And I'm not going to say men and women, men's this, woman's this, person from here is this way, person from there. There's all kinds of people and all kinds of identity groups, if you want to call them. On a general scope, it, it changes a little bit. Well, I I just wonder then if if everyone's just an individual, why do we even bother to divide people into genders? Well, the question would be maybe why have we done that to yeah. date? And the question would be uh, following that is why do we need to continue to do that? Especially since um, it seems more and more that the lines are blurring between the genders and that, um, as my daughters inform me, there's more than two genders. Right. So there's all kinds of different identifications that people make in terms of gender now that, you know, we can either go on for days differentiating or maybe we could shift to a mindset where we don't differentiate that way so much. Well, question again too is like what do we benefit from by isolating and separating people? I think it's been something that we just haven't caught up with the way society has changed. So maybe in the old days, in the hunter-gatherer days, the the differences were much more pronounced, and they and your survival based on you, you know, mm-hmm. that you had to stick to your gender role in order to survive, and for your children to survive. But now with the society the way it is they don't make as much of a difference, these differences between us. Only if you make it, make it a different, be a difference. You have any thoughts you want to contribute? Oh. Yeah, you're on the spot, you <laughs> see? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I, I don't agree, worry. I agree. Um, gender and even sexuality is now, I think, more more so now is viewed as uh, fluid. Um in a lot of social circles, and we, I think we express masculinity or what's considered masculinity and what's considered femininity in different ways and, and different degrees uh, based on the activities that we're involved in um, or as much as we're required to for a particular setting. Do you, though, put, when you see somebody, do you start to process a particular way based on 
how you see that person and then identify them? Um, I always want to make people feel comfortable. And uh, I, there is a funny story I'm just coming to mind now, but I always try to make people feel comfortable. So if I know a person identifies with a particular uh, gender, then I'll try to orient to them more in whatever that stereotypical way is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to let him tell the story? Yeah, yeah. If you, you want. want to... Yeah, you said it's funny. <laughs> so I'm looking for a joke now. We all need a laugh. Yeah. Well, I guess this kind of uh, talks to you about individuality as well. So um, a few years ago, there's a place I was volunteering with, and um, they, were, it, it, they were having an event, and there's one lady there who invited me to the event. She's transitioned. Actually, he was transitioning from a female to a male. Um, but always told me to, like, you know, we're family. We hug each other when we see each other, so we embrace in a hug. So I was there. I saw him, gave him a hug. There's another guy there. Um, we gave each other a pound. And there was someone else there who I wasn't, I wasn't as familiar with, and I wasn't sure how to, to greet them. Mm -hmm. So, and they felt, I think they noticed, they caught on that it was a bit confusing awkward? for me. Yeah, awkward, confusing. So, you know, just they gave me a pound as well. Yeah. Because um, I believe they identify more as, as a male. So I think that greetings are even different between genders. Um, depends on formality and how familiar you are, you are with the person. Mm -hmm. So that was the funny. I was for me. It, I mean, it wasn't that funny, but for me, I'm on the spot there. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I hug you? Do I shake yeah. your hand? Do I give her a pound? It's yeah. It's kind of awkward when you're not sure and it's not so clear. Yeah. And that's based on both your own perspective and how you interpret, you know, what's going on in front of you. Mm -hmm. And what they might think, because we sometimes tend to accommodate ourselves mm -hmm. for others rather than just doing clearly what we want to do. Yeah. Don't we try to make other people happy or satisfied or less conflictual with us by doing what they want rather than doing necessarily what we want? Mm -hmm. I'm a big hugger. I, I, if I had my druthers, I'd pretty much hug everybody that I that Re I mean, regardless of regardless of how you know whether I know them or not, I I just yeah, um, but you know you have to tune in to people and whether they're comfortable with that or not, and the intention of the hug is to make a person feel good and welcomed and warmed, and um, and there are people who would not feel good and welcomed and warmed if some strange middle-aged woman just came up and hugged them. A random hug could be a little <laughs> bit like, yeah. where'd that come from? It's also context, so I'll give two quick things. There's this uh, video that I found, and I've used it a long time. It's uh, Free Hugs. Yes. And it's a guy named Juan. And he's got a big sign. He puts it out there, and he did that, and then he was told not to do it, and then he made a petition, and then he got put back in. So that's one thing. And then there's something I saw today on Facebook. There's a guy who went to a Donald Trump rally I saw that. with a free hugs. Yeah. He wanted to hug people. I did not see that. Yeah. And so he's a black guy. And a lot of the people who were confronting him and challenging him, and it didn't go off so smoothly initially, especially. 
Yeah, so he was just trying to do... He wasn't, like, representing Bernie Sanders or any Clinton or tr- Cruz. Or other was, known huggers. Yeah, he was just... <laughs> yeah, tree huggers. He was just out there looking to try to promote, you know, we all are people, let's get along. Did he get hugged or shot? Well, I think some, he's still alive. He's alive. He's alive? He's fine. It just, you know, and he has obviously a temperament that he didn't take personally. Right. Some of the confrontational nature and behavior and language that was thrown at him. Uh, and he worked on it. Do you think his intention was uh, misunderstood? I think people saw visuals, like the physicality. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they saw the sign. They may have saw the person mm-hmm. and just made an assumption and, and had an expectation and just... What what kind of attitude is that to come here and do that mm-hmm. in our place? So they probably thought he was taunting them or something. Yeah, making fun of them, possibly. But I wonder, did he get hugged? He got hugged by other people because there were, quote, some Bernie Sanders. I saw something. It was a Bernie Sanders guy with a sign. And so there were some other people who were obviously not all there for the Trump thing directly to support. There were people some there to outside. protest against yeah. Trump, too. So he was more inclined to get a positive response from them rather than the people that were Trump supporters. I just wonder if he shifted the mentality even in an incremental way so that the Trump supporters, actually some of them, may have hugged him to show that they're not demons. Well, I would say that not everybody as a Hunt supporter is also a negative person, per se. And I think there was a couple of people who were identified as Trump people who did give hug. So, so you know what? It's not such a bad thing. Yeah, so... We should hug before every mediation, I think. I think we should. Yeah. You might need to qualify that, though. <laughs> <laughs> and especially who's going to hug who. And the parties may not want to hug at the beginning. You know, we're just talking about high-conflict divorce. (laughs) (laughs) We might want to work through a process and see how productive and positive and effective it can be. And then maybe if they want to hug at the end. and put as an option. Yeah, it could be. It might be worth doing some research on that. Yeah, would you get on that? Whether that would change the dynamic. Even if it was just like a forced, not forced, but like just kind of this is what we do because it helps. And get them to give each other a hug. I think people sometimes take, you know, follow other people who take a lead of doing something. So if they feel when someone does something and it works out okay, maybe then it's safe enough for them to do it likewise. Mm-hmm. So it, it might be a possibility. I'll move on to another article okay. here. Tips for successful mediation. Ooh. Yeah, by a guy named Stuart Rudner. Appeared November... I think I sometimes get the month mixed up. So maybe that's March 11th, 2014. So focus on the future, not the past. Too, more, too many parties at mediation are focused on what the other party did that caused them to be in litigation. Employees continue to refer back to how poorly they were treated after devoting their lives to the organization and employers often refer to the conduct of the employee and how it destroyed the employment relationship. What's done is done, and they need to know to move on. Of course, this is the comments, the perspective of the writer. Mm-hmm. Another one is, let reason not emotion rule. 
This point is closely tied with the first point above. It is understandable that some or all of the parties will be quite upset or angry with the other side. That is often the case for the individual, but is not. But it is frequently true for the employer as well. This guy is an employment lawyer, mm. mediator. Any comments? Well, I think it's very easy to just say, yeah, well, get over it. And, uh, and, to, and I think if we were all able to just do things that were totally reasonable and not have any emotion involved, then that would make things very simple indeed. But I think we need to look at why people get stuck in the past and why people can't let go of how they've been treated. And the thing that comes to mind is that first they need to be heard and they need to be understood. And it needs and to be And what are they heard, heard about what? Understood about what? About if they feel they've been poorly treated or if, you know, what has happened in the past has never been acknowledged, the hurt that they felt has never been acknowledged, what, whatever wounds were, were created, uh, there, there's been no sense of being heard and understood. And I think generally speaking, when people are heard and understood, that's when they can start to let go of what's gone before, be in the present moment, and look towards the future. Right, and there's some of us as practitioners, mediators, who do really identify that going to the roots of the perspective of the situation of the person, that has much to do with where a person's at, and that a lot has to do with where a person has come from. And in order to get to someone in the future... It's ideal to deal with the roots of matters. And so that's where a lot of the feelings, the affected nature, the perspectives of mindset, that's where they're attached to. And I think it's important to go there, to unearth those, bring them to light, and have conversation about those so that people can get clarity and resolve those unresolved emotions and feelings and experiences. Well, yeah, and if, if the mediator says, uh, gives them the message again, just get over it. You know, I don't, I don't need to hear your story, your sad story. Um, then it just reinforces that nobody understands, nobody really gets it, what, what's at the root of, of the conflict, at the root of what's hurting them. And it may be that the mediator then is imposing their own sense of being onto the party and a lot of us support the whole nature of self-empowerment and self-determination absolutely so people need to be able to do that is that another caller yeah and this one's a long distance one mm. but uh, you know i'd have to stop and go to air we don't have much time left no we don't uh, you know i don't know what to do i'm in a quandary it's right a now. dilemma yeah what do we do here what do you think roderick no, it's a long distance, an area code 226. Where's that? I'm not sure. It was no idea. I'll be Antigua. I'm like, oh, my mom's listening. But I Is your mother calling? Uh, no. no. Is, wow. She's not. Thank you. Getting, I, you know. <laughs> 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 I'm going to just have to say, call in next week. <laughs> your mother wants to call me? That's okay. Maybe she's trying to get you. Doesn't she know your number? Yeah, <laughs> she thinks you're lost in the snowstorm. Yeah. All right, I have another uh, article. 
because we don't have much time left. Okay. Making mediation music. I'm singing this tune. So it's from the National Law Review in the States. And so the guy's name is Jeff Kitchevin, a widely respected and experienced mediator, hit the perfect note in his recent article, Understanding Mediation's Apex Conversation. My own perspective as both a participant in mediations and as a neutral reflects Jeff's point in underscoring the process as much as the substance of dispute resolution. First, after going through a day or two of the dance, the clients must face the reality that if the case indeed is to settle, the client must change her point of view and consider new options. The metal of the effective mediator is tested by knowing when the timing is right and how to articulate an alternative route to a resolution. The second point that Jeff makes, and one that I have long advocated, is to do away with yesterday's version of the joint session. There is very little efficacy in having each side reiterate inflammatory arguments in order to impress his or her clients. I heartily agree that a different approach to the joint session is required and one that does not require rehashing old arguments. One approach is to allow each side to give and receive complete, often new, information about each other's stance on the rubber meets the road issues, interests, needs, and values. Another option is to allow each lawyer to articulate the other side's position as a means to reflect that they, in fact, understand each other's argument. All in all, I believe the way forward to dispute resolution is giving the mediator the role of a conductor, helping each side to play their own parts and eventually bring the parties to an understanding that resolution is better than the alternatives. This is from a lawyer, of course, but quickly, because I've got about a minute or so here. I'm not surprised it was a lawyer because I didn't really understand <laughs> what he was getting well, he's at. He's using symbolism of music and conducting, and it's a, it's a rhythm you go by in terms of a process, and not necessarily, in a way, not going back and rehashing things. That makes sense. But, it, but we talked about going back and talking about things because that can be the barrier for having people move forward. Yeah, I think it's it's the piece that's missing is the understanding and the and the acknowledging. And then once that piece is done, then you don't go and rehash and rehash and rehash. Well, I think it's, just it's some help. empathy, too, because I had another yeah. article, which we're not going to get to. Future lawyers should be screened and trained for empathy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that would rule some of them out. Although I must say... I've been very lucky to have excellent lawyers in my life. Yeah, we're not saying everybody. Absolutely. We're not lumping in. Yeah. It's just, I you know. I feel in general, in various um, professions, empathy is, is yeah, a, yeah. skilled in that. Is and in fact, that highly promoted as a mediator. Compassion, empathy, caring, concern. Yeah, that's what's going to make the difference. All right, thank you both for contributing to our show tonight. Because we have to close out. Yeah. Yeah. You guys give each other another hug, but by the way, they gave a hug during the break, so. The hug was great. Yeah, there could be no end to hugs. Never. All right. So, thanks for doing that. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. You've been listening to Mediation Station on CHHA 1610M, the first community and ethnic station licensed in Canada. See you soon.